Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. I want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there, and make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on I don't know, Twitter, I guess it's still called Twitter, I don't know, at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. And, of course, give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. Would love to hear from you. Well, we're just three days from the August 1st primaries, and with us now to bring us a final pitch for her candidacy is Lily Wu. She's running for Wichita mayor. Lily, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you so much, John, for the opportunity to be with your listeners today. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show again. You've been incredibly uh, busy. I, I've seen all the activity you've been out and about, including last week's uh, KPTS uh, mayoral candidate forum. It was well, I mean, it was it was a little bit like watching paint dry at moments, but there were some some little bits of, of fun. I, I saw. I have to bring up the fact that the mayor mayor hypocrite attacked you for campaign donations, which is ironic because, of course, you know the press and the, nobody ever attacks Democrats when they get campaign donations. But he also attacked you for receiving the support from conservative groups like Americans for Prosperity, and again. Nobody ever questions the mayor about his support from unions or the liberal groups or his wife's pack, do they? So I, I just thought it was so hypocritical for him to attack you. And I was glad that you and one of the other candidates pushed back on him for that. Yeah, well, John, I'm just really excited because the last four months since I announced my candidacy on my 30th anniversary of coming to America, I've had the support of this entire community my support is wide, and it's also very diverse. It comes from every occupation, from every zip code in Wichita, 
and every single political affiliation. So I am humbled and I am grateful for that support. I believe that this community wants change. And they spoke with campaign contributions from the $5 to the $500 limit. So I am just really grateful for that support and will continue to work off of that energy and excitement that has been around our campaign to continue working hard for all of Wichita. And I really believe that it shows a groundswell of support from a community that simply wants change and they believe in my vision and they know it's time to make City Hall work again for all Wichitans. So people have noticed the hard work that I've put in and the campaign has put in and my volunteers have put in. We've knocked on 10,000 doors and attended over 300 events. And as mayor, I will continue to give my all to Wichita. You know, I, I have to point out, it is, it's obvious. That, again, I, I, I'm jaded. I've been at this a long time. I've been in politics a long time. That was a lovely underhanded pitch that I just tossed you to take a big swing at, at Brandon Whipple. And I noticed you didn't do it. So to, to an extent, I admire you for not taking a swing at Brandon. I will do it. I mean, the guy is, in addition to being follically challenged, he is ethically challenged. And I do, I want to ask you about that because, you know, we had the whole Hey Bob thing. Hey Bob. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting screamed at by one of your cops. And, and of course, he's still the only member of the city council to have been investigated and found guilty of ethics violations. And I know that's been an issue that you've brought up in your campaign, not necessarily Brandon, but just the issue of civility in, in City Hall. And is that something I know you 300 events, that's like two or three a day. And that is something that I think you're trying to make a, a, a principle of your campaign is changing the tone at City Hall. Is that what you're hearing when you're out door knocking and talking to folks? Absolutely. I mean, for the past four months, um, over 300 events, and that includes meetings, uh, tours, uh, just conversations with our community. I've been touring or nonprofit organizations, presenting at neighborhood associations, knocking on the doors of our neighbors. And I want to remind all Wichitans that there are many opportunities here in our community to get involved, and that is what I want people to know. One positive thing, that there are lots of ways to really be part of Wichita, and we can all be part of the solution. But as I've been going around and having these conversations, people have appreciated that I am present, that I am there to visit, to learn, and to understand. And what I'm hearing, the common theme among all of these conversations is safety. People don't feel safe in our community. Well, yeah, whether, with, the, with the rise in shootings and everything else, that's understandable. Yeah, well, whether it's when you're talking to a business owner who has their equipment stolen over the weekend, thousands of dollars worth of equipment, that is going to be a cost that will eventually be passed on to a consumer. Or you talk to someone who is in a nonprofit and they understand that there are many in our community who are suffering from mental illness and they're scared also of their own safety, trying to provide services to others. And you also hear from young people who want a vibrant downtown, but there's not enough people down there. And so when it gets dark, I hear from young women who tell me, I just don't feel safe walking from Old Town to downtown from where I live. So these are all things that have to deal with public safety. And when you have 
a crisis right now with a police department with 100 police vacancies, 100 more police officers who will, who will be eligible for retirement. We have a retention and a recruitment problem. So we need to focus on public safety. And that's what I'm hearing even as I've gone through all these 300 engagements. People want public safety and they want that to be the priority. And that is a commonality that I can that is really across all political divides, across all communities, across our Wichita. That's what they want. Public safety first. Uh, you mentioned, Lily, you, by the way, we're talking with Lily Wu, candidate for Wichita mayor. Lily, you mentioned the campaign finance report. It was it was impressive. I, I got to give you that. You made a lot of news with that campaign finance report. Uh, I'm sure some, you know, the left is obviously uh, up in arms, and I'm sure the Whipple campaign is is heavy, is triggered by it. But I'm sure there are those who would say that with so many wealthy individuals donating, that you're just going to, you know, use your office to give away taxpayer money to developers, or that, you know, that, that your friends, your close friends. I'm, I saw some of the attacks from Whipple's uh, cronies who are already saying they're attacking your family, they're attacking your boyfriend, who are saying that you're just going to give out family friends, uh, give out favors to your family fr and friends. Um, but I just got a res uh, mailer from your campaign, actually, this week, drawing a pretty hard line in the sand against developer giveaways. So, I mean, what, what do you say to the voter who's looking at you or another candidate uh, who may be concerned about some of the stuff that they're hearing from other candidates. John, as I've said, said from the very beginning of this campaign, restoring trust in City Hall is one of my top priorities. So people are genuinely excited about our campaign, and it shows from those contributions. And I'm really, again, grateful for that. Support from job creators, developers, doesn't mean that I'm beholden to anyone. And it should really say that I have common sense and that I've been working hard to get the message across that I have a, a vision that really a lot of people can get behind about public safety, about the economy, about trust and community. And by the way, did you see that there were, it would be quite difficult to be beholden to any one individual or organization because there were so many contributions. Yeah, there were a lot of individual donors too. I noticed that. And if you read the report, You'll also notice I did not get any donations from those who've had questionable dealings with the city of Wichita. Yeah, so I, people need to look at the finances of not just my finances, but all the other candidates as well, and have the same scrutiny as they have had on mine. And I think that it is responsible to look at all of these documents. I mean, our campaign posted our financial report immediately as, as we gave it to the election office. It was on our website. We put it out as a news release. I sent an open letter to our community showing you exactly where the money was coming from. So I was not hiding, and I won't be hiding, because at the end of the day, I told you that restoring trust in City Hall is a pillar of my campaign. And if any private-public partnership or an incentive is absolutely necessary in the city of Wichita, it must be transparent, responsibly, uh, fiscally responsible, and hold developers and businesses accountable. I've said this from the beginning that if we do give those incentives to individuals, they not only have to be accountable for that, but there should be clawbacks. Yep. Yep. And taxpayers shouldn't be left in the dark or foot the bill for anything that doesn't show an exceptional long-term return on investment for the city of Wichita. Now, as an immigrant daughter and 
one who comes from an immigrant working family, I'm not about to let Wichita's working class families be forgotten by the powerful. No, and and I I do think I'm glad you mentioned just that accountability component because you're right, and and I, I noticed. Uh, the, the mayor's campaign took a long time to get their report up there. And the other thing they're not doing is reporting the donations to the mayor's wife's pack. And that's, you know, granted, they don't have to, but it's very easy for him to, you know, to comment on your campaign finance report. But people who live in glass houses should probably not throw stones. And it's just I'm just so glad that the two of you brought up the hypocrisy of that issue when it came up in the debate. Um, let me switch a little bit to a few of the policy questions. Obviously, you mentioned law enforcement and our, our, the policing issue, but that has to be couched in the fact that the city is facing a, a budget shortfall. It could be relatively low. It could be as high as $25 million. We don't know because the numbers are still fluid. You know, the mayor says that we're going to be in a budget surplus, which I think is a, a load of hooey. Um, I, it just depends on where we are. If the budget is facing a shortfall, do you know, and again, we don't know where the exact figures are, but what would be your specific plan to address any shortfall? Where would you cut? How would you grow the economy? Well, first and foremost, because prioritizing public safety continues to be the number one key driver of all Wichitans, and they want to see that being fully funded and making sure that we do have safety in our community, we need to focus our efforts on reinvesting in that public safety. And and I'm not just talking about Wichita police, but also fire and infrastructure and public works. These are all part of public safety. But right now, the most dire need is in the Wichita Police Department. So we need to look at right now, we have the budget process going on. Uh, the budget won't be finalized until next month. There's opportunities for people to speak up. As a matter of fact, just a day ago, we had people speaking up about what they want in the budget. Where should we see more investment in? There were advocates for people um, and organizations like Cowtown. So we have lots of priorities in our community, but if you really boil it down, we really need to focus on public safety. So when we're looking at public safety and recruitment and retention, what we need to do is we do need to find some money in that budget to help with pay. And we need to have recognition programs in the police department. We need longevity bonuses. We need things that will help with additional training in the police department and the resources that officers need to deal with the mental health crisis in our community. So these are all going to take money, and we need to refocus those efforts again on public safety. So I will continue saying and working towards uh, really prioritizing that as the number one issue. So with that in mind, then, the current budget proposal does not maintain the revenue neutral rate on property taxes at the city level. They've indicated to the state they plan on fully capturing additional property tax revenue which would result in an increase in property taxes for residents and businesses in Wichita. Do you support this, or would you insist on maintaining the revenue neutral rate and thus not causing Wichita taxpayers to pay more in property taxes? You know, right now we've had, as I've knocked on the doors of many Wichitans, I know that they are concerned about taxes. They tell me that the increases to their rent, to their food costs, and just day-to-day -day living have been really taxing on them. So I understand the need to not raise taxes. We also need to be prudent and look at our financials in City Hall because right now what we have is priorities that are not aligned 
we need to realign those efforts towards public safety. And if that is going to require us to invest in public safety, we need to do that. Again, that is the number one concern. So we need to refocus our efforts towards that and really communicate with our community on how we're going to spend that do- those dollars. I know that our community is needing some relief, um, but we also know that our community is also needing some public safety. When you have police officers that are being pulled away from community policing to beat officers and you're get, having all these increases in response times, I think the community understands that we need to focus our efforts back on that, and that's an investment. It's an investment in public safety. So, like, for example, uh, earlier this week they announced an additional $2 million, for example, in funding for Exploration Place. So would you then say we pull the money from Exploration Place to put that into law enforcement, or would you say we allow property taxes to increase to put that into law enforcement? See, this is the choices that you may have to make as mayor. Do we continue to spend on ancillary resources, or do we raise taxes? That's ultimately what it's going to have to come down to, raise taxes or reappropriate funds. I know it's a tough question, but it's, you know, you want to be mayor. That's right. These are tough questions, and the priority has to go back to public safety. I do believe that that's where we're going to all agree that money needs to be spent on. And if we can all, even as I've, you know, walked around our community and, and seen the effects of crime and heard from people who've been victims of these crimes, what they want is to have a safe Wichita. We don't need to be back on CNN's list being compared to L.A. and San Francisco for having yeah, the rise in retail thefts. That doesn't help grow our economy. So if we're going to really invest in Wichita, we need to reinvest in public safety. And if we have to delay other projects, then maybe that's what we have to do. It's I, prioritizing. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. If uh, I know I asked you this when you came on the first time. I'm just going to ask one more time. Um, when you were on the first time, you committed not to run as a third-party candidate, assuming you don't survive Tuesday's primary. I'm assuming you stand by that promise. I do. I do stand by that promise, but I do believe that the citizens of Wichita have spoken loud with their financial support in saying that they want change. And now I'm ready to give my all in trusting that Wichitans will get out to the polls and actually go vote. That is the most important thing. As an American citizen, this right to really be an American citizen and exercise that right to vote is so important. And on Tuesday, on August 1st, people have that opportunity. And I'm hoping that people will show up to the polls during a primary like this. Because the last time, only 23,600 people yeah. voted. So primary vote turnout let, let's, terrible. Let's raise that. Let's make sure that we actually have more voters at the polls. And then making sure that we all can come together again on a vision that really is rooted on public safety, on the economy, on trust and building a community. Well, if folks want to, if they're interested, again, they can get more information. There's still time to donate. There's still time to get a yard sign. They can do so at lilywooformayor.com, correct? That's right. Thank you very much. No, Lily, thank you again. Best of luck on Tuesday. And assuming you make it through the primary, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show again afterwards. Thank you. Yes, I will. We'll take a quick break, and then former Trump EPA transition team member Steve Malloy will try and explain why Vice President Kamala Harris said the United States must reduce population. 
in order to fight climate change. <laughs> what a moron. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Glenn Beck. Listen to what Kamala said at the AI roundtable. Listen to how she opened that roundtable. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. Oh, my gosh, she is so dumb. I said earlier she talks like a first-grade teacher, but that's an insult to all first-grade teachers. And I was going to say she's more like a first-grader, but that's an insult to all first-graders. My gosh, she's stupid. The Glenn Beck Program. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What it is, this is Tyrus from Fox News, and you're listening to The John Whitmer Show. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And, of course, follow me on, I don't know, what's it called, Twitter, X. (laughs) Either way, (laughs) it's at on our Whitmer and those are the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. X, I guess it marks the spot. So, in her latest gaffe, and, and trust me, there are plenty of them, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris said the United States must, quote, reduce population in order to fight climate change. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population... More of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Uh, yep, you heard her right. <laughs> if we reduce population, kids will breathe better. <laughs> oh, and with the population increasing exponentially, we better hurry up and kill people. <laughs> Left-wing environmental groups are and promoters 
have been advocating for depopulation in the name of climate change for years. Apparently, now the Biden administration is moving in that direction. Joining us now to expose the lunacy of this notion is Steve Malloy, senior E&E legal fellow and former Trump EPA transition team member. Steve, it's uh, nice to have you with us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show. It's been a while, my friend. Yes, John, thanks for having me back. So... (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, I know that, that this is a gaffe. It's it's hopefully not what she meant to say. But when we reduce more population or when we reduce our population, rather, more of our children can breathe clean air. How exactly is the vice president going to accomplish this? Some kind of lottery of who gets sent to the firing squad? What's their plan here, Steve? Well, so. I think it it was a gaffe, but one of the Freudian yes. type. I mean, she meant you know clearly meant to say pollution, but I think she's really thinking population because that is, in fact is you know the great boogeyman for the green uh, movement. Uh, they've been wanting to get rid of us for decades now. You know, Paul Ehrlich wrote in the 1960s in his in his book Population Bomb that the carrying capacity of the planet was about 2 billion people. And, you know, all these years later, even though he has been proven dead wrong and is even featured on 60 Minutes, um, you know, he is still uh, – the carrying capacity of the planet is between 1.5 billion to 2 billion. And I guess they just want, you know, the other 6 billion of us to get off somehow. And, you know – Just to take that a little bit further, you know, when you look at what the green agenda is going after our energy and our food supplies, I mean, it really makes you wonder because energy and food and fossil fuels and all these things, they have enabled us to go from, you know, a a population of a billion pre-industrial to 8 billion today and 8 billion people living longer, healthier, wealthier lives than ever before. And by the way, the planet is also greener than ever, ever before, thanks to all these things. So, um, you know, despite all the success, they really do want to cut back on population. Yeah, and it begs the question of which members of the population does she plan to reduce? I mean, we know, you know, the, the, there's a whole ton, a huge faction of the left that, that is all advocating for eat the rich. Does she want to start there, or is it Republicans or just conservative Republicans? I mean, I know we're well, being facetious so, you know, here, it, but there is a segment of that demographic that says eat the rich. Maybe that's who they want to target first. <laughs> well, she, I think she would certainly get rid of you, me, and the listeners. Most doubt, um, yes, without a doubt. But I, I, I've got to say this: you know, this is not really a new thing. Um, you know, the left has been. Um, you know, the left is making it very difficult, if not deadly, uh, in poor countries around the world, and they've always done this. Um, you know, during the 1960s and 70s, when malaria was, you know, really well was raging in Africa, uh, they had DDT banned because their view was that these people are better off. And, and this is a quote from a government official. Uh, these people are better off dead than riotously reproducing. <laughs> so this has kind of been their strategy all along. And then if you look today, uh, you know, the Biden administration is trying to stop economic development in places like Africa. And when you stop economic development, um, all you're doing is creating poverty and sickness and death. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. We're 
We're talking with Steve Malloy, uh, who's a former Trump EPA transition team member. Um, Steve, I, I know you're a climate expert, so I, I have to ask you about the current heat wave that's uh, you know going around the country. This week, for example, we had a number of days over 100 degrees here in Wichita. But I saw a tweet that you sent out, I guess, I don't know what, what they're called now, but we'll call it a tweet that you sent out uh, <laughs> earlier this week. By the way, if, if folks want to follow you on, on Twitter, if it's you're at Junk Science. But right. at any rate, you sent out a tweet, and you, you shared data that indicated that if you factor in population numbers, less than 25% of the nation is actually warmer than average. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's actually, you know, there has been a heat wave um, in, in the southwest and the south, but the rest of the country has been fairly cool. And if you adjust by a population center, which my friend uh, meteorologist Joe Bastardi did, you <laughs> find out that, you know, most people are living in, uh, uh, in pretty cool weather. I live in the Washington, D.C. area. We've had a very cool summer, as have most people in the Atlantic and, and the north, uh, northeast. Um, helped probably some extent by the Canadian wildfires, you know, the smoke sort of um, shielding us from some of the sun. But it has been pretty cool here. And over the past, um, you know, since summer, uh, half the nation has been warmer, half the nation has been cooler. Uh, it, you know, this is – we're in a season called summer. There are heat waves. Um, sometimes they can be severe. Uh, but they have nothing to do with, you know, emissions or global warming or climate change or anything like that. It's just weather. Uh, in fact, heat waves have declined dramatically in both intensity and frequency since the 1930s. I don't know how, this, I don't know how people lived in this country in the 1930s without, without air conditioning and bottled water, but somehow they did. Uh, and it was, it was much hotter back then. I'm glad you mentioned the wildfires because, Steve, you know, the, these climate change idol worshipers also claim that their God is responsible for the rash of wildfires. And when I say their God, I mean climate change. But they say that climate change is responsible for wildfires in Canada and Europe. Is there any science to back that up or is it just junk science? Yeah, well, it's not about science. It's just about the data. Um, if you look at the data, uh, you know, over the last 100 years, wildfire acreage burn has dropped dramatically in the United States. Uh, data I've seen from Canada and Europe, I was just looking at it today, in both of those places, wildfires have, uh, have declined dramatically since the 1980s. So there's no correlation between wildfires and emissions or, you know, global warming or climate change, however you want to describe it. Um, I think that, you know, the real uh, problem with wildfires is that since the 1980s, you know, we have instituted all these nutty green policies where we just let our forest, we just neglect our forests, and, and they'll get overgrown, um, and, and the overgrowth makes them drier. They turn into tinderboxes. Right. Maybe you'll get a dry season where things get even drier. And then you have, you know, some butthead come along and, you know, uh, negligently light a campfire or maybe even on purpose start a forest fire. And then all of a sudden you got this huge conflagration. And so, you know, that's what's, you know, that's the problem. The problem is we have mismanaged our forests. You know, the Native Americans, uh, when they ran things, um, they, they often, they would conduct controlled burns because they recognized 
that if, if forests get um, overgr- overgrown, they're going to turn into tinderboxes, and, and you're just going to have huge out-of-control wildfires. But we don't do that anymore because environmental policy won't let us. So we just, you know, we, we neglect the forest, and then all, you know, we, we'll get a wildfire. It'll, you know, burn. And this happens mostly on, on government property. These things right. start on government property, which are being neglected. You know, all the animals get burned. Uh, all the trees are gone. Um, you know, places like California, where they've had programs to reduce emissions, uh, well, all those, all the, all of California's programs to reduce emissions have now been entirely offset by all the emissions from the forest fires. <clears throat> People have bought, you know, you've heard of carbon offsets, right. these sort of indulgences for climate um, forests where offsets have been purchased, have been burned down. <laughs> you know, speaking of buttheads, I, I have to ask you about some of these nuts that are, uh, you know, gluing their hands to works of art, uh, gluing their hands to concrete, you know, to, to asphalt, to, to highways, blocking highway inter- interstates in order to protest fossil fuels. I mean, is this what are these people hoping to to change here? You know, there, there's a big push right now for green energy, for electric cars. You know, what do they think powers the batteries that will run their their substations? The whole thing is they don't understand that right now, until we come up with better alternatives, we're a fossil fuel dependent country, and, and gluing yourself to an interstate is not going to solve anything, except maybe get you, turn you into roadkill. Yeah. Well, I think you hit on it when you use the word think. I mean, that's what they don't, don't do. I mean, these right. are young people who have been brainwashed throughout their entire educational experience with the notion that humans are destroying the planet and and it has driven them crazy so crazy in fact that they will now glue themselves to things uh, i don't know if you saw the clip of uh the uh, german woman being drug off the middle of the road by her hair i did I see that motorist. i thought it, i thought it was hilarious yeah uh, so these people are, you know, mostly young people are totally crazy. Uh, they've been made crazy. Uh, they're being made crazier by the media and and the you know climate industrial complex. I mean, it's it's a form of uh, you know mental abuse, uh, and it's all being done for you know the, the left's political agenda. It's very twisted. I hope that one day there's some sort of accountability for all of this. No, you're right, and I think part of the problem is that so many of these kids have been indulged with participation trophies and and parents that didn't discipline them and now they think that oh, let's make a difference by gluing themselves to great works of art that i mean just hopefully there's hopefully they're put in prison for a little while um, but you know john if you drag me off the road by my hair yeah, that's true. <laughs> i might then get interested to see why i was there you, you know what what kills me about a lot of this stuff is that I have worked for 33 years on the on environmental issues. I'm not particularly interested in the environment. I just got fascinated it fascinated uh, with it because of all the lying that was obviously going on, and so I've spent all this time just uh, immerse myself in it. Um, and, 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 but but there are all these people out there who say, "Oh, I care about the environment," but they don't take five minutes, you know, to actually learn anything about it. No. Um, you know, the most most someone will do is maybe read a newspaper like New York Times or, you know, something like that, uh, which which is awful. 
I know. Well, Steve, you know? Greta I mean, Thunberg is an expert. That that speaks volumes in and of yeah. itself. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve, I appreciate you, brother. If folks want to, again, if they want to connect with you, they can find you on Twitter or X at Junk Science, and your website is junkscience.com, correct? That's it. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you again for joining oh, us. God, thank and you. Carry on the fight, my friend. Yep. Well, that was, uh, yeah, <laughs> Kamala Harris. You gotta love her. What a freaking moron. We'll take a quick break and pay a few bills. And when we return, we'll check in with Dalton Glasscock, candidate for Wichita City Council District 4. Studio lines are open 316 869 1330. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Brought to you by Midwest Kia. We want to see you in a Midwest Kia. It stays warm through the evening hours. Eventually overnight, we'll cool back into the mid-70s under mostly clear skies and light south winds. On Monday, mostly sunny, breezy, and hot. Excessive heat warning in effect. The high 102, the heat index likely to exceed 105. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price. News. I'm Ted Lindner. U.S. trucking company Yellow now closed for business. A Wall Street Journal report on Sunday says it's one of the biggest freight carriers in the country and has over 30,000 employees, and it's been around for nearly 100 years. They reportedly are ready to declare bankruptcy, possibly as soon as Monday, despite getting a $700 million loan from the government during the pandemic. The company has been saying it was in financial trouble as the demand for shipping freight declined this year. And Americans paying 21 cents more at the pump than they did in June. Industry experts say higher oil prices are to blame for the surge in gas prices. There's still sanctions on Russian gas imports globally. OPEC and its allies agreed to cut oil production after flagging oil prices last year. Also, America's emergency oil stockpiles have dropped to historic lows under President Biden. Fox's Christina Coleman. Gas prices now at $3.75 a gallon. America's listening to Fox News. New Fords are arriving by the truckload, but most dealers are still overcharging. Rusty Eck Ford wants your business, and we're putting our money where our mouth is. Every new Ford is priced to sell with discounts of up to $10,000 below MSRP. Rusty Eck Ford has discounts on every new F-150, Expedition, Escape, Edge, Explorer, Bronco Sport, Ranger, and Mach-E below MSRP. Or buy your new Ford from Rusty Eck Ford with financing as low as 0.9% APR. Inventory is growing and Rusty Eck Ford is discounting. Buy your new Ford from Rusty Eck Ford with discounts of up to $10,000 off MSRP. Come see the real difference at Rusty Eck Ford and RustyEckFord.com. Plus tax and fees, discounts off new Fords in stock. Exclusive Bronco, Raptor, and Trevor. Mach-E 23C083, MSRP 7799. $1,100 discount, $8,900 rebates. Sale price 6809.9% APR financing for up to 36 months on select models upon Ford credit approval. Payment of 2818 per month for $1,000 finance. Offers cannot be combined and subject to prior sale. Expires 731.23. My name is Kay Finn, co-owner of Litton's Appliance. We started with just moving our personal accounts to Legacy and was so happy that I talked my husband into moving our business account over to Legacy Bank and he's glad I did. When you think about moving your business accounts, you're like, ah, that's going to be a lot of trouble and a little bit of a headache. But Alex and his crew really made it easy for us to do. Legacy Bank, banking for you and all that you do. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. This is Carrie Lake, and you're listening to The John Whitmer Show on KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. 
This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wake Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and Follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. And, of course, give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. Would love to hear from you. My next guest is a fourth-generation South Wichitan, a community volunteer, teacher, and small business owner who's running to represent Southwest Wichita on the Wichita City Council. It's, it's District 4. A very important constituent lives in District 4, my wife. Uh, Dalton Glasscock, welcome back to the show, my friend. I'm glad that you said the important constituent was your yes. wife, yeah, not of course. you. So I, well done. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I don't want to be on the couch tonight, so I know, I know exactly who. I would have messed with Marlena. I understand. Yeah, happy wife, happy life, brother. <laughs> uh, Dalton, I should point out that I reached out to your opponents to invite them on the show one of whom is a radical Democrat, so I, I'm not surprised she didn't. Uh, we didn't hear back from her. I never heard back from Mr. Oliver. I did hear back from Bentley Bluebaugh. I'll, I'll, um, I'll be generous and say he was too busy to make time to come on the show. So we're glad to have you uh, have you back on the show, my friend. Well, I can assure you um, that I will never be an empty chair or a empty and quiet microphone. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure. Uh, am I correct that you are the only candidate who's attended every forum this primary cycle? I mean, and you know, I've been through a lot of election cycles, but I've never made every single one of the debates because, you know, some of them you're either busy, caught a conflict or frankly don't want to attend. That's a lot of baby and other parts kissing, brother. I, that's a lot of forums to attend. Oh, I've made every forum. Um, I've attended about 200 community events since I've announced, and I've knocked on the doors of about 3,600 voters. So one thing that comes on Tuesday is I will not be outworked um, because I want to hear from people and want to go to where they are, and I want to hear their concerns. And so I've been doing that um, not just the past six months, but I've been doing that for years now um, and just engaging in our community and making sure that I can hear from the people um, in southwest Wichita. Well, you've been at this. I mean, I remember you and I – first met when you were volunteering on congressional campaigns going on a decade ago. So you've been working for Republican candidates for a long time now. What are you hearing from folks in the 4th District? I mean, what what's the most pressing issue as you've been out door knocking and doing all these forums and whatnot? Yeah, I, I think it's not going to surprise you and probably your listeners, but people want to get government back to the basics. You know, they see that we're struggling at public safety right now. And you can drive down, you know, Maple, you can drive down Mays Road, you can drive down 31st Street. I can probably name 
almost every single street in South Wichita, and they're dilapidated and they're not being taken care of. And so when I'm talking to people, people are upset about the conditions of our roads, and they don't feel safe in our community. And those are the top two issues that I'm hearing when I go door to door. You know, I, I think uh, as I talk to folks, we you know, get callers and I get a lot of messages. I'm surprised at how many emails, letters, and Facebook messages I get. I think you're right. I think uh, public safety is number one. People are constantly commenting on the rise in crime, specifically violent crime that we're seeing. The other one that I get a lot of is property taxes. And, you know, I know I got a lot with the with the Evergy thing. Obviously, city council can't do anything with Evergy rates. But property taxes is is a big deal. And I think, you know, people don't realize it's not just residential, because obviously, if they raise property taxes on businesses, businesses turn around and pass that on to customers. Well, yeah. And hey, John, if you uh, happen by chance to get up to Topeka ever again, Something that I would love to work with a possible state representative on in the future <laughs> is making sure that we're not taxing senior citizens out of their homes. I've knocked on you know <laughs> hundreds of doors where seniors are – they feel the weight of property tax appraisal increase, and they're living on fixed incomes. And there has to be something that we can do to be able to help our senior citizens and people on fixed incomes in our communities because we cannot continue to tax people out of their homes. <laughs> I'm not going to address that first comment, by the way. We're just going to lay that right there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't afford you. You didn't have to say anything. <laughs> we are not making any announcements anytime soon. So let me uh, let me ask you. <laughs> by the way, we're talking with Dalton Glasscock, city, running for city council district four. Um, let me, I, you know, this has been this this property tax issue is a big deal, and I, you know, one of the things I loved about Derek Schmidt's campaign was what you just hinted on was the retiree. I know he really wanted to do something about income taxes, but property tax is a big deal. Um, I know you followed the city's budget proposal, which does not maintain the revenue neutral rate on property taxes at the city level. They've indicated to the state they plan on fully capturing additional property tax revenue, which would result in an increase in property taxes for residents and businesses. I know the Sedgwick County Commission has voted to reduce the mill levy to minimize the impact on property taxes. What are your thoughts? I mean, I know, you know, you've you've been an advocate for, uh, you know, the, the arts. You've been an advocate for some of the, the, the entities and quality of life in Sedgwick County. But at the same time, we've got to find a way to do it without raising property taxes, don't we? And you're going to have to make tough decisions. I do this every day in my personal life and also as a small business owner. The city is going to have to choose on what services we're going to be able to fully fund and what we right. might have to you know, delay for the future. And so if it's a choice between a new fire station in Southwest Wichita and a Pickleplex, I'm going to choose a new fire station. And we have to focus on the basic functions of government first and foremost. I also think that there's a, a path forward that we can work on partnering with the county, uh, consolidation of certain services such as parks and rec. Uh, cultural arts and services. I think there are things that we can do. You know, when a citizen goes to Cedric County Parks, they don't care if it's managed by Cedric County or Wichita. And when they go to Pawnee Prairie Park, they don't care if it's managed by Wichita or Cedric County. They just want to go to a park that they know can meet the amenity needs of their family at that time. And so I think the ways that we can reduce bureaucratic uh, government are the ways that we can save taxpayer money in the long term. And I think, you know, Dalton, this is something that, you know, you've, when and, and I don't want to put you in an awkward position because it is quote unquote a nonpartisan race, but you were the chair of the Sedgwick County Republican party. 
I think one of the things that if you are the the candidate from District Four, you're going to have to work with the Democrats. You're going to have to work with you know the others on the city council. Um, I, I think one of the things that that we've seen in recent years on that Wichita, Wichita City Council is a lack of civility. Um, that is one thing that even when you were chair of the Sedgwick County Republican Party, I remember when you guys did the cleanup with the Democrats, you know, with the Sedgwick County Democrats. And it seems like that's one thing that we've lacked the last few years. Um, I think that is one thing that you may be uniquely positioned to work with the colleagues on both sides of the aisle on that council that maybe we've lacked the last few years, and particularly with the mayor's office. Well, I have a strong value set, and I am a very proud Republican and have been my entire life. And we need to see the humanity in people on the other side. Let's win on the battlefield of ideas, but we can treat people with decency and respect and convince them with the merit of our ideas on why we're right on certain policy positions. And you know, I'll work with anybody that's trying to work for a better Wichita that wants to get government back to the basics. And I think we have to see the humanity in people. And, hey, let's disagree passionately on policy, but let's grab a beer or a cup of coffee afterward. Well, that was, remember, you know, well, you won't remember. You're too young. But that was Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill's whole thing was, you know, they would disagree and argue, but then they could always get along afterwards. And we've lost that. I remember when I served in the House and, there were there were colleagues from the other side of the aisle that, that we could disagree in committee or on the floor, but afterwards we were still civil towards each other. Unfortunately, we don't see that right now, especially at the local level and even certainly at the federal level. And I do think we need to bring that back. Dalton, if if folks are interested, if they want to volunteer, if they want to donate, because you know you may make it to the to the general after Tuesday, if they want to get a yard sign, I know. I'll tip my hat a little bit. My wife got one of your yard signs. She put it out in our yard earlier this weekend. They can visit daltonglasscock.com, correct? It is. Yeah, you can also give me a call. I'll give you my personal cell at 648-5613. That's great. Give me a call. I'm happy to answer any question anybody has. And, you know, I'm running to represent you, and you're hiring me for a position. And so interview me, and I'm happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, I appreciate you coming on again. We reached out to your opponents and uh, we didn't hear back from a couple and one, you know, didn't choose to come on. So I I appreciate you taking us, uh, taking the opportunity to come on, brother, and wish you the best of luck on Tuesday, my friend. Anytime. Thanks, John. Thank you again, my friend. Good luck. So, you know, folks, we again, we've only got a couple minutes left. I just want to make sure that. You are, and if we do have a few minutes, if studio lines are open, 316-869-1330, if anyone wants to call in. It's this election, I'm not going to give you the old rhetoric that it's the most you know important lie of our time. It's important, though. Trust me. Um, I do think that 2024 might be the most important election of our time. But you need to vote. You need to vote on Tuesday. It is our first opportunity to remove Brandon Whipple from the immediate political landscape. If he wins on Tuesday and makes it into the general, we can hopefully fix it in November, but it would sure be nice to not have to deal with that issue hanging around for another a few, you know, a few months. Um, but the only way to address that is if we vote, if Republicans get out and turn out on Tuesday, and I know it's going to be hot. I saw the forecast. My wife and I, you know, we vote on Election Day. And so we've already made our plan. Uh, we've got some appointments with our business, and we're going to go early so that we can avoid the heat as best we can. But you know what? If it's hot, suck it up. You can handle it. 
or go later in the afternoon or take a bottle of water with you. But you or go tomorrow while you could still advance vote. Guess what? The polling places are air conditioned. You're going to be fine. But it's hotter than hell if Brandon Whipple is mayor for another four years. Trust me. If he is if he is a lame duck mayor with if we don't get another Republican in there, it's only going to get worse. And when we get into the general, trust me, his wife's pack is going to do everything she can to defeat the Republican candidates on the ballot. Whipple and his wife's pack will turn their long knives on Becky Tuttle. They will turn their long knives to win Brian Fry's seat from J.V. Johnston or Gary Bond. They will target the Republicans, and that's what Whipple does. It's how he got the power that he has. It's what his little cronies, Levi Henry and his little Pompelli and his little crew of rainbow mafiosos do. And the only way we can put an end to this, or at least limit them, is to knock him out on Tuesday. Neuter him. Allow him to go and be successful, or successful, or rather not successful, elsewhere. Let him go work for Laura Kelly. Maybe he can get a job working for Joe Biden for another year. But either way, none of that happens if you don't go and vote. And don't vote for Celeste Reset. I'm sorry. She's a Democrat. It's just what it is. A vote for Celeste Reset is a vote for Brandon Whipple. Because she's a Democrat. I'm sorry. There, I've said it. Now those who vote for her who like who like her are gonna hate me. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest, folks. I'm just being honest. Have a great week. Try and stay cool. Try and keep a positive outlook. But most importantly, go vote and carry on, fellow deplorables. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.